0: Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influencers Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influencers.church. And now for our message. Today, um, I'm gonna talk to us about the mind. i gonna talk about the battle of the mind. I wanna talk about our mental health I want to talk about the struggles we have with our thought life, with our self, with our, with our conversations with ourself, with our personal beliefs, with getting past the cycle of hurt and disappointment and anxiousness and fear and depression and and, and mental health is something that we need to talk about and, and it's often at times being dismissed or sometimes maybe taught wrongly or or just you know made we're made to feel like we're weak Christians if we struggle with the mind, or we're less of a leader if we have mental battles. And I just want to dismiss that today and give you some principles and speak truth. And I think as the world talked about this this week, asking this question, are you okay? This is something we should be doing all the time as a church. This is why I believe in Connect Groups so much. You're in a community of believers that are constantly asking, how are you and how can we do better together? But why don't we just talk about this today, lift the shame off this topic and give some steps towards restoration in a community of believers that can love and support one another so we can be as whole as we possibly can be in Jesus. Amen? So come on, let's pray. By the way. This isn't just for Port fans. This is for all of us. Okay, that's all. all, 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 all. Father, thank you that you're here, that you love us, and that you have good for us. Thank you that you're pleased with us, and that you give us steps to be able to walk towards the wholeness that you paid the price for. I pray that any shame or condemnation would lift today, and that today we would have truth that sets us free. I thank you that together we're all uh, unique and different and strength in some areas and broken in others, but together we're whole in Christ. So let us hear from you today and step towards love and peace and freedom in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Mark chapter 9, Jesus is um, up on a mountain and he's transfigured and Quite a glow. And he's taking a couple of the disciples up there and he comes back down the mountain and everything's in chaos. Like have you ever gone away on holidays or gone for a massage and you come back and everything, you just relaxed, you've chilled, you've taken a day off and everything turns upside down. This happens to Jesus. He goes up the mountain and comes back down and we're gonna start in verse 17. It says, A man in the crowd answered as there's a ruckus, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that robs him of his speech. Do you notice when oppression comes, the enemy, often when someone was oppressed by a spirit, they would lose the ability to talk because the enemy knows if you can speak truth, you can overcome what you're facing. That the answer to walking in freedom is being able to speak the truth of God in your life. And often one of the signs of spiritual oppression is that we lose our ability and confidence to speak the truth of God's Word and His promises over our life. There's a freebie on the side. Whenever it seizes Him, it throws Him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes His teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. Now watch how Jesus answers. He says, you unbelieving generation. Notice the words, you unbelieving generation. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. He has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can, do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, Jesus, everything is possible. If we can keep it up on the screen, that'd be awesome. If everything is possible for one who... Believe. Come on, everyone thinks it's possible for one who believes. Where is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the mind. Immediately the boy, boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. The challenge as Jesus is leading his disciples, the challenge as a father is trying to see his son healed physically, is not actually in theology is not in culture, is not in leadership. The challenge that we so often have to first overcome to walk in wholeness and to be the people that God's called us to be is first one in the mind. When Jesus is challenging the disciples, their response, the father, and the father who wasn't a bad dad, he's a believer. He says, I believe. But even as a believer, he was willing to say, I need help to overcome my unbelief. I believe But I don't believe. We all have challenges where we believe and we know, but we can still struggle and be able to tell Jesus because it was at his point of admission of that, that Jesus didn't condemn him for his lack of belief, but did a miracle because he was willing to say, Help me overcome the battle of my mind. You know, church, most of our battles are going to be won and lost in the mind. Our progress or regression when it comes to our walk with God and in life is often going to be won and lost in the mind. We are you're a good person, we're good people. There you go. We're good people, but the battle is found in the mind. Because like, mental health is a real challenge in our country, and it's also a challenge in the church. The battle of the mind is one that all of us face in varying degrees, and we just want to talk about it today. And, and, and just admit that for some of us and most of us at times, there when we smile and we look like everything is okay, and we're dressed up, and we look good, and we answer, how are you? I'm good. Behind it all, the truth is maybe we're not doing so well. And that this is an ever-increasing battle in Australia, but this is also an ever-increasing battle in the church. And I wanna say today, if you struggle with the battle of the mind, and if you struggle with your mental health, you are not a weak person, you are human. He said again, you are not a weak Christian, you are human. Can I need you to back me on this today, church? Because there's people that walk in feeling they're less than because they've struggled this week and struggled maybe to get here or struggled to get up today. And they walk in feeling like everyone else looks better than I am and is doing better than than I feel. But we need people to know today that they are loved and they're just like you and me, you're on the journey. Amen? Amen. I think as we get past these weird COVID years, like last year it hits us. But this year, it's like this spirit hangs over us and this intimidation, like South Australia's in such a great point, but all the time, it's it's coming, it's around the corner, it's nearly here and people pull back, people limit themselves, they reserve. And I think at the end of COVID, when all this is said and done, whatever that looks like, because there's been so much fear mongering and so many negative reports and so much uncertainty and really job loss and bankruptcy and financial strain and fear and anxiousness and negativity, the challenge we're going to face when all of this over is over is in the mind. And people, the people that you love, the people you do life with, maybe they may look like they're doing okay, but this stuff takes its toll. So we've got to talk about it so we can be safe enough and be a community of believers that bring each other to healing and restoration in Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you're stuck, if the past rolls over and over like a broken record, if you struggle with addiction or a compulsion that dominates your thinking, if you have doubt or worry, or fear, or anxiety. Today, I just wanna say this to you, and maybe I can't give you all the tips today, and I can't give you all the steps on how you walk through this, and I can't describe how everyone got here, because everyone's journey's different, and I can't describe what everyone's walking through, because what everyone's walking through is different, but I want you to hear me today. You are not alone, and you can walk through this, and I am certain that Jesus knows, He sees, He loves, he loves, He's near, and He restores. Come on, are you with me today? He loves you. He's pleased with you, and He has good for you. I mean, we can have all the leadership we want, and we can have great, great culture, and we can have all the skills, but the reality is the battle of the mind will win out nearly every time. If we're not aware of it, if we don't learn how to restore it, Heal it and control it. We need to be able to do that through what the word says and with help. First Peter 5, verse 8 says, be alert and of It says of sober mind. Very well, good. it's hard to describe a sober mind, so let me describe the opposite. What would a drunk mind look like? Well, if someone's drunk, they don't have control. And we'll just keep the scripture up. If they're drunk, they don't have control. They're drunk, they they sway left to right, to and forth. If someone's drunk, they don't have the ability to articulate and have proper speech. They're not able to walk the line. So if you are of sober mind, it's saying you have control over your mind. You are able to be steady and be controlled with your speech, because what you say has so much influence over what's going on in your mind, and what's going on in your mind ends up coming through your speech. You're able to walk the line. It's them. If you don't learn this principle, because this will be a challenge for all of us, he's warning everyone. You have to be alert and of sober mind, because when you're not the enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You see, he's looking for someone that's struggling in the mind because there he comes and begins. Before he roars, I find that the devil whispers. He comes and whispers. And often that whisper sounds like your voice. That whisper sounds sometimes like God's voice. That whisper sometimes sounds like your pastor or your leader's voice. But you need to be able to determine between the whisper of the enemy and the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Because when we listen to the wrong whisper, it becomes a roar. And when we listen to the roar, he begins to devour. Is anyone here, do you talk to yourself? Does anyone talk to themselves? I'm a self-talker. Who talks to themselves when they're laying in bed at night? Who has conversation? Who talks to themselves in the shower and has the, you know, the conversation before? Them? Who talks to themselves in the car when they're driving and people with the traffic light think you're crazy? I do all the time. You've got to be aware of your self talk. And I want to say this to you God, every person here, God's potential is on your life. I've had a lot of friends I put on online. I said, I'm going to talk about this today. And I had a lot of people around the country reach out to me and say, I'm going to watch this online. And people in Adelaide that maybe haven't been able to make it to church for a while because of life and the challenges that go on here, they haven't made it in, but they're watching today. And I just want to honor you today that you're listening because you want to hear truth and you want to know you're not alone and that God loves you and that we're with you. And I'll say to you, if you struggle with the mind, if you struggle with your mental health, I wanna say, God didn't give you less grace than anyone else. God didn't give someone else more than you. God didn't give you less than anyone else that stands on a platform or leads a connect group or has a title pastor or doctor. God gave His very best into your life. But for all of us, while God's potential is on your life, what you're saying over your life will limit what God can do in your life. For a God that put limitless potential in you, what you say over your life will limit what you can do with your life. Are you hearing me today? Proverbs says it this way, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and depend not on your own understanding. Man, as a dad, I interpret how I'm doing so often and I'm interpreting how I am by my own understanding. As a husband, I'm often interpreting how I'm doing by my own understanding." As a follower of Jesus, I'm often interpreting how am I doing by my own understanding. As a person, I'm looking at who I am by the voices that spoke into my life. And while I pretend it's all okay, often there's a cycle going around and around and I have to learn to bring my thoughts into submission and trust in the Lord with all of my heart because what's in my heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the mouth controls who I am as a person. So if I understand who I am, by my own capacity, my heart begins to believe the wrong things and my mouth speaks the wrong things and it excuses me, but really it's justifying what I'm believing and what other people are saying. So I have to learn to not trust myself. I have to put my trust in the Lord with all of my heart and depend not on my own understanding. It's a question of what do I know versus what do I know about Him? Because there's too many voices. Can we just admit for a for a moment, this life is filled with so many voices. In 2021, there's so many voices. There's God's voice and there's my voice and there's your voice and there's their voice and there's social media's voice and there's the news's voice and there's Netflix's voice and there's the devil's voice. And this is why Proverbs 4 says, be careful what you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts, not just by your intentions or your desires. It's not even shaped by the Word of God. The Word of God is meant to shape how you think. But if we listen to all the wrong voices, and in this world, can we admit, I often hear those voices that spoke things that weren't true over me. I hear the people that didn't agree with me. I hear the people that didn't like me. I hear the the voices of those authorities that spoke in and I didn't meet their expectations. I hear the voice of Josh that says you should be, and often these end up shaping who I am rather than putting my trust in what the Word of God says about me. And there's so many voices. I have to be careful because the voices we listen to won't just shape my next moment, they actually end up shaping my life. I wanna help you today to just begin to change the conversation. Are you doing okay? Here's something I've realised? There's a lot of trash on Netflix. There is, right? Have you ever no Netflix broadcast a lot of stuff? Who's sat at home, let's be honest, and you've just scanned looking for something to watch, right? And you don't see anything to watch, but now because you sat down, you've gotta watch something. So what you do is you go, oh, I'm gonna watch it, but I bet it's trash. And then you watch it, at the end you go, that was trash." Come on, show her hands, who's that? You know, what I realise, just because they broadcast it doesn't mean you have to entertain yourself with it, right? So let me th- talk to you about your thoughts. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to entertain it. Your mind, like Netflix, will present you with a lot of thoughts. And because it does, you have to choose whether you entertain the thought or not. Because you're a Christian doesn't mean you won't have negative thoughts. Because you're a connect group leader doesn't mean you won't doubt who you are and struggle with, with the mind. Can we hear this today? Because we pretend like everything's okay and you've got to be careful who you talk to. But we've also got to be able to talk to ourselves and say, because I'm not perfect, he's okay. Because in my weakness, he is strong. In my weakness, his grace is sufficient. Because I am broken, I'm on the journey of allowing him to make me whole. Even Jesus had doubt. Doubt's the beginning. The enemy loves. Jesus didn't have doubt, but the enemy came to him with doubt. Let me say it that way. The enemy comes to us all with doubt. Jesus is baptised. You talk about leaders. Leaders, we feel like we should be better. We should be stronger, but we're still human. The devil tries these tricks on Jesus. He'll try it on you. He'll try it on me. Jesus goes into ministry. So what signified him going into ministry? His baptism. And God makes it clear. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He makes it clear. This is my son. So what happens next? He goes into the desert. And how does the devil start talking to him? If you are the son of God. He comes with doubt. If you were a better dad, if you were a better leader, if you were really a Christian, you would have never. If you really knew the word, you never. He loves to come and bring doubt. And doubt brings confusion. And confusion looks to comparison. And comparison leads us to fear and anxiety that leads us in this cycle to resentment and guilt, and we go around and around, and it starts as a whisper, and eventually, if we're honest, it's talking on repeat and becomes a roar as the enemy looks to devour. The question I ask yourself today is: would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? Because I have to be clear, God really likes you. You hear me today. God really likes you. God really loves you. But sometimes we feel he's got to love me. So let me just say it this way as well as his love. He really likes you. You know, if someone loves you, a family member can love you, but they cannot like you. God loves you and he really likes you. And just like I want my kids to know how much I love and like them, does God really like what you say to yourself? About yourself. Proverbs 2, 23, verse 7 says, As he thinks in his heart, so he is. We will become what we think about. And being a Christian doesn't mean you're not exempt from this. Look at Elijah. Elijah's the man. Elijah beats the prophets of Baal. Elijah calls down fire from heaven. Elijah is now seeing God victorious in the nation. Elijah climbs a mountain. Elijah calls for rain. Elijah sees rain come. The famine is over. Elijah now runs faster than the king's chariots. Elijah is the man of God. He's serving God. He's operating for God. And while everything looks good on the outside, I can tell you without even telling me, Elijah was weary Elijah was exhausted. And Elijah had the doubt going through his mind that the enemy gives to a soul. How do I know? Because there's one voice that comes to him. It's Jezebel's voice and it's sent through a messenger. It's almost like a rumour and it comes to him and it threatens him and Elijah hears this voice even though we think Elijah is doing so well and because he probably is struggling in the mind a little bit, he ends up running from ministry. He ends up hiding in the desert. He's suicidal. He wants to give it all up and ends up hiding in a cave. Too many people look strong on the outside but are struggling on the inside. Can I be honest? Because if we're going to talk about this, I want to be honest about me. I've been finding this last season pretty hot. Come on, these last years have been difficult on everyone, Right? And some people more than others, and I don't pretend I've gone through the difficulty some people have during this weird lockdown, COVID, unusual mask. I hate, oh my gosh, I hate masks. And If you ever have a masquerade party, I'm never coming. And, and but, but it's weird, right? But I'm also a leader of a church and been entrusted by God to guide our church through this season. And We have a lot of services and a lot of people that come to our church, and we've got a lot of campuses, and it comes with a lot of needs and a a, a lot of opinions, and thank you all for the conspiracy videos that you sent to me. They're awesome. And uh, there's, there's so many. Everyone thinks they're the only one. There's sorry, anyway, and and, uh, and 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 there's um. I got distracted, and uh, and and we've got team. We've got a beautiful team, and it's our honor to lead and care for them. And all of them have families, and all of them have challenges. And, and, and as a leader, you feel like you've always got to be one step ahead. And you're not just doing this for you. You're doing this for thousands of people that need an answer and a solution. And you've got to look good and strong all the time. And by God's grace, He allows us. But can I be honest? I'm tired too. And you get done as well. And you feel like, you know, mom and dad, you feel like you've got to be strong all the time. Or Single parents, you feel like you you got to have it together for your family all the time. For those that want family that's lost, you've got to have joy. And sometimes you've got to be willing to say it's tough. One thing I've learned in this season is Jesus guards his church. Because a leader, I often feel like I need to do Jesus' job. Jesus guards his church, but you know what he tells me to? guard my heart and my mind. And when I am responsible for what I'm responsible for, I can entrust Jesus will take care of what he promised to take care of. Would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? Maybe it's just been a tough season at home. Not your fault, it is, and you're weary. You're tired, you're over it. Maybe it's been a conversation you had with your husband or wife at one point during an argument and some unfair things were said and they've moved on but those lines, those words, those unfair comments are still rolling around in your mind. They've moved on but you haven't if you're honest. Maybe it's a problem you were never graced to carry. Maybe it was when you were younger and you felt like you had to carry your family or take responsibility that you never should have. And the truth is, you were never meant to do that or you got responsibility because someone dropped the ball or you have a hero complex and some of us just have that. And at the end of the day, your mind now has too much baggage. Maybe it's a comparison with someone else in a different season. And Every time they succeed, you think it's pointing out how you haven't succeeded. It's not your fault that them being celebrated is a secret message to you and you struggle if you're honest. Maybe it's a lie from your past that was spoken once but maybe it was over and over again and maybe they didn't know better but it's actually stuck with you and it's robbed you confidence. Maybe it's a mistake that you've made because we've made them a disappointing moment in the past and everyone else has moved on but if you're honest, you haven't and it almost now is fatal to your future. What is it that your mind struggles with? what was it in the business that you were in or the family that you were a part of that then, if you're honest, rolls over and over and over? Would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? I say, today, Esther got, how good is Esther? Esther's beautiful. Most beautiful, most beautiful girl in all the world. Like, it's a good title, I guess, in a, in a materialistic world. She's a leader now. She's the queen of the nation. But if we look at Esther, Esther got stuck. Esther got stuck in her mind. And the truth is, she needed Mordecai to get her out. Some of us just have to be willing to say, I need help. I mean, look at Moses. Moses, the great deliverer, pulled out of the Nile, grew up in the palace, but he got stuck in his mind and went missing for nearly 40 years. And God had to bring out all the fireworks and burn up a bush to get the attention of Moses. And God had to get Moses out. Adam and Eve literally knew God, they walked with God, they saw God. And when they got stuck in their mind, what did God have to come and say? Who told you that? Elijah, the man of God that's now hiding in a cave, God had to come to him and get him because Elijah got stuck. And what does he say to Elijah? Not you bad, Christian, or you bad. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? We all get stuck and we all need help. 2 Corinthians talks about this. And when you see the scripture that you know, you need to know this is not talking about natural things that we physical things. This is talking about a battle for the mind. In 2 Corinthians 10, it says, Though we live in the world, because we do, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. You have divine power to demolish, read it with me, strongholds. We demolish arguments and pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. This verse is about your mind. Now keep it up there. What is a stronghold? A stronghold was maybe a fortress or or something that was meant to be impenetrable that protects something of value on the inside. So what is the stronghold that we have power to come against? It's a mental block. What a stronghold is talking about here is when you get a mental block, When you get something you can't pass that allows you to get to God's best that he has for you, something of value in your life, the enemy forms a stronghold in your mind and if you're honest, it's a mental block. You just can't get past it. How do I know that's the stronghold? Because everything in this verse is talking about the battle for the mind. It goes on to say, on the contrary of divine power to demolish strongholds, we demolish, read it with me, arguments. That argument, can I say that argument's not on Facebook? That argument's not with the government? That argument's not with your partner. This is not your demolishing an par- argument with a person. This isn't the argument of the mind. This is the argument that you have with yourself. This is the conversation you have with other people in your mind. Arguments that the enemy you're having with the enemy when he comes and lies to you, and every pretension that what word pretension means is a claim to. So if there, if I, I would say I have a claim to my house. It's my house, but the enemy comes and has a claim over your life and over your thoughts. But when Jesus gave His life, He took a claim for you, and then what we are doing is coming and rising against every stronghold and abolishing every argument, every lie of the enemy and every claim that he has over your life by the power of God that sets itself against the knowledge of God. See, this verse is all about the battle of the mind, the strongholds, the arguments and the pretensions that come to stop you having knowledge that God is good and God has good for you. Everything the enemy does is there to take you away from the knowledge of God, of his truth for your life. Would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? We actually have to challenge it. I know for me... uh, In the last year, getting towards 40, I wanted to get fitter, so I got fitter. and wanted to be better as a dad, so we worked on family, and I was feeling pretty good at the start of this year, and I was talking to God, and, you know, look at me, look how I've done, and I felt God say, so what about your mind? And I'm like, what about it? There's nothing wrong with it. My mind's fine, and I felt God go, is it? I'm like, yeah, isn't it? He said, well, why don't you ask me? Personally, I've gone on a journey this year that I'm still going through, talking to people that to help me, reading and learning, because there's stuff that happens when you're younger that you don't even realise has now become a voice that stays constantly in your head, that limits and restricts you, and you can know the work. To be honest, my challenge is not culture. My challenge, and I've got to grow in everything. My challenge isn't theology. My challenge isn't leadership. My challenge is my mind. And everything can be good on the outside, but that doesn't mean I've made it, and that doesn't mean there's not struggles. And I'm walking through that, and as I get more in healing and wholeness for the things and the feelings I have and all those things, I'll talk more about it, but you don't talk as you're walking through this, but I've got to talk to the right people. I just want to say, this is the case for all of us. Would God like what you say to yourself? Would God like what I say to myself about myself? Come shut your eyes for a moment. But honest, maybe just the keys can come. What, what do you say to yourself when you think about how you're doing and where you should be, where everyone else is? The truth is there's conversations we have. There's doubts I have, worries and fears. How do you really see yourself? Would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? As, as a perfect Father that made you and has good for you. Would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? Just so look at me for a moment. So, come towards a close, I wanna just give you some principles. And I think these three simple principles, while incomplete, because I do not pretend today to be able to talk extensively on this topic in one message, and we need to talk again. I don't pretend to be able to describe how everyone got to where they are And everyone is in a different place experiencing different things. So I can't just go, this is how it is and this is what you need to do. But I do know there are principles in the Word. And I want to give three simple principles to everyone today that I think applies to everyone today. But I do want to say this. There are those that are in a more difficult scenario than others. There are those that have struggled more with their mental health than others have. There are those that have walked through things in life that I've never walked through. And while these steps are for you, I also believe these steps are important along with professional help. I just want to get rid of sometimes in church or maybe someone's taught or said the wrong thing and it's made you feel like you have to do it by yourself. And I believe, let me be really clear, if you need professional help, if you need a counsellor, if you need a psychologist, if you need a doctor, it doesn't make you a weak Christian. It makes you a human Christian. And it just means that God has more for you. God's gonna do more through you. This is what I believe, genuinely. In the Word, I believe God protects. Come on, do you believe that? I believe God heals. I believe God restores. And I believe God renews. Who believes God can do that for everyone? How powerful is that God? But I also believe God in His power and His wonderfulness gave some people the ability and the gifts on their life to be able to give you and walk with you, giving you the principles, the patterns and the pathways so you can walk in freedom and peace and hope. I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, but I'm so grateful that I know Christian psychologists, Christian counsellors and Christian doctors. Can I encourage you? These principles will apply for all of us. But for some of us, this is in conjunction and partnership with people that I believe, can I encourage you, find a Christian psychologist, that can t- find a Christian counsellor, find a Christian doctor that can show you great principles that are true and great medicine that is right and partner it with the truth in the Word of God so that together you can walk into the wholeness and healing that may be journeyed and experienced in a moment, but actually needs to be walked out over a season of time so that you can walk into wholeness and healing in Christ Jesus, amen. Amen. So let me first give you these quickly, these principles really quick. For those that struggle in the mind, and at some point we all will. Number one, challenge your thoughts. Challenge your thoughts. Have you ever slowed down long enough to pay attention to what's actually going on in your mind? Sometimes we can literally sit there for an hour and just go, sometimes there's thoughts that's been going on for days, for weeks. Sometimes your shower's gone for way too long and you're just lost and it's going around and around and around. Sometimes you just have to stop and you have to go, what am I hearing? What am I thinking? And what am I believing? It says here, we demolish arguments, as the verse goes on, we read before, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And then says, and we take, come on, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I was at Nina's house yesterday. Nina's one of our great leaders. And I asked her if I could tell this story. And and I get to the, she's having a party for an eight-year-old and a couple of boys were there. And and Nina's behind her screen door, but the boys are all outside. And she wasn't coming. I said, Nina, what are you doing? She's like, there's a blue-tongued lizard in my front yard. I'm not leaving the house. I'm like, Nina, it's like this big. She's like, no, no, I don't know why. There's a blue-tongued lizard on the day I've got a birthday. I said, Nina, would you like me to remove it for you? She said, would you? I said, of course I would. And the spirit of Crocodile Dundee comes upon me. (laughs) And I put on my Cobra and I picked up this vicious crocodile, this uh, blue-tongued lizard, and I held it there and I showed it to the kids how small it was and harmless. I then showed it to Nina, which she didn't appreciate. (laughs) I took it down the street and I removed it. What can happen sometimes with our thoughts is something seems so big when we focus on it but it's actually quite small and harmless. What it means to take captive is to take something that may be ferocious or seemingly ferocious and put it in a controlled environment. If you were to get a lion and put it in a cage, you're putting it in a controlled environment because you can now examine it. You can look at it. Sometimes we have to stop thinking And we have to take captive the thoughts that are going on in our mind and take a closer look to what we are believing and thinking and why and ask, do these thoughts line up with Jesus? First thought, simple, challenge your thoughts. Second one, simple, but not always easy to do, bring your mind into submission. So once you stop and go, why am I thinking about this? I'm going to hold it for a moment. Why am I thinking they think that about me? Why am I thinking I'm such a poor dad? Why am I thinking I have to always be good? Why am I thinking I have to have the answer? Why am I thinking about what they said? Then you're going to now bring it into submission by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. So here's some key questions. As I've gone on this journey myself, I'm bringing to the Jesus through the Holy Spirit and inviting the Holy Spirit to address in me. I'm asking, is this really true or is it a lie? Is this really true or is it a lie? Does it sound like the devil's accusation or the Holy Spirit's conviction? Because the Holy Spirit will bring conviction, but we have to be aware when it's not Holy Spirit conviction and it's the devil's accusation. Am I putting my hope right now in God's Word or someone else's Word or my words? And what about Jesus do I need to focus on right now? You know what I love? We're talking about this as we're doing prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is way beyond bringing my needs to Jesus. It's actually bringing my thoughts and beliefs and submitting them to Jesus so my mind can be renewed. How do we walk into transformation? Be transformed by the religion practice. Be transformed by... That mantra, no, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. I take my thoughts captive and then I submit them to Jesus so I can be renewed. And as I do that, I believe even as I've got a journey to go, what Galatians promises, as I submit to the Spirit, I'll begin to experience love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's there as I submit it, I begin to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life that replaces the negative thinking in my life. And lastly, my third and last point. Once I've challenged my thoughts and taken them captive and I bring my mind into submission, you have to change the conversation. Again, I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist, but I believe in these principles in the Word. You have to choose what you are gonna say over your life. You need to change the conversation. Philippians says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You will have anxious moments. This is why it's talking about this so you can reverse it when you do. Bring it into submission and present it by the Spirit in prayer and bring your request to God. And it says this, and the peace of God, what Pastor Tony talked about, the love of God that's like a shield, the peace of God that transcends your understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then when I've captured it, i brought it into submission, Submission, and I've brought it to God in prayer. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and whatever is noble and whatever is right and whatever is pure and whatever is lovely and whatever is admirable and whatever is excellent and whatever is praiseworthy, think about such things. And out of the abundance there of the heart, let your mouth speak and change the conversation. And tomorrow it may come back, but day by day you begin to protect yourself. What you're doing is protecting your hope. You're protecting your family. You're protecting your future. You're protecting your faith and you're protecting your strength. Come on, stand with me. What you're beginning to do is do what David did. Who believed David is a great warrior? David's a great worshipper. David's a great leader. But David also struggled with the battle of the mind. And what He would do is He would recognise it. He would write it down for our benefit He would submit it to God and then David prophesied over himself. David changed the conversation. Today, this is what I'm simply asking you to do because I know for some of us, this is a long journey, but let today be another step in the journey. If anything, I just want you to know today, you're not alone. God is pleased with you and He can take you to wholeness and health in Jesus Christ. But we can apply, every one of us, these principles when we doubt and we fear and we're anxious and we're confused and we're worried. We can take it, we can take it captive, we can submit it to the Holy Spirit and we can begin to prophesy over ourselves. We can begin to submit it to God, we can begin to surrender it to God and there we begin to speak His truth over our life. I'm just gonna ask for you today, if you would, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you just to lift your hands, just like you're presenting to God your thoughts, your emotions, your thoughts, feelings your past your hurt your 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 history your fear of the future your lack your mistakes i'm asking you today to surrender them to god and as you do i pray that you would see god's truth over your life his promises his love his peace that will come and guard you like a shield i pray this sermon has blessed you encouraged you and inspired you you know we may never have met I may not know you but God knows you and I'll tell you today God loves you, that even before you knew about Him, He loved you, and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So he sent his son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, he said, I will take their place. So he died and rose again, so that his death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and his life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before it's not about what we've done or who we're not it's about that we have a god who's good who can turn things for good and loves you he's a father he's a friend and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me i'm going to say this prayer and wherever you are wherever you're watching around the world pray this prayer with me maybe you once knew god and you walked away You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.